to Literary Anything, our Marianne Libraries podcast, where we talk about anything literary and literary anything. I'm Jane. And I'm Paula. Hi. Hi. Welcome to July. Already? Yes. You were very excited last I month. I was. I sounded drunk. It was June. I apologize to everyone, <laughs> and I'm being more somber calm, for July. Calm I'm very calm. That it's halfway through the year. Even though I've had some coffee and I never drink coffee. You are quite jittery today. <laughs> I'm a bit jittery. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, so we're talking about Certain American States by Catherine Lacey this month, and we decided we're just going to get right into it. let's do it. Um, I'm going to preface this by saying this was my choice. Thank you for saying so. (laughs) I own the choice. You're owning it. And um, I chose this book because I liked the cover. Which you admitted to last month. Yes, I did. Um, and see, this is a lesson for everybody about judging a book by its cover. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly true, Paula. Well done. Um, once again, we attempted to not talk to each other about the book. Attempted being the key word. Yes. And I think our non-verbal, uh, language conveyed to each other exactly what we thought Certainly for yours. the entire month. You were making faces to me about this book. I was huffing and puffing <laughs> All and moaning about it. <laughs> so. Whispering behind your hand to other staff members about <laughs> how you felt. It's true. And it didn't look favourable. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, I thought uh, I'll quickly talk about Catherine, who sure. she is, a Please. little bit of bio. Yep. Um, she's the author of four works of fiction. Nobody is ever missing the answers. This one, certain American states, and she's got a new um, novel coming out called Pew. So those other ones are mm-hmm. novels as opposed to short stories. Yes, right? I believe yep. so. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think this is her only short story collection, collection. so mm-hmm. far. Um, she's a 2019 Guggenheim Fellow, a recipient of the Whitting Award, and earned an Artists Fellowship from the New York Foundation of the Arts. Granta magazine named her one of the best young American novelists in 2017. Um, she was nominated for the New York Public Library Young Lions Fiction Award and has had um, a residency at the Omni International Arts Centre. The New York Public Library Fiction Award, that's a pretty big deal mm. as well to win. Um, she has taught fiction writing at Columbia, the University of Montana and the University of Mississippi, um, where she was born in Mississippi and she lives in Chicago now. So she knows what she's doing. Yes. Yes. Um, I thought I'll read just a little um, first paragraph in the beginning of the book, which says, Certain states are hard to shake, or so Catherine Lacey's characters find, in these 12 tales of breakups, grief, and strained family ties. Yeah. Um, I found this book extraordinarily hard to get through started it really early in the month and I didn't finish it till yesterday. Same. It was about 10 o'clock last night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Same. Yeah. (laughs) I'm surprised we didn't text each other. (laughs) It was, it was really hard work. Um, The first thing, uh, when I first opened it up, I, uh, because I make little notes as I go mm. along and the first thing is I said, another book with no quotation marks. Yes. And the font is very small. The first story which I forget what it was called. Violation. Violation. Um, the whole first page and a half is one sentence. That's right. One whole sentence. And I get that um, she's trying to set the pace for the character, um, but it annoyed me. And I found that there were 
a bunch of things throughout these stories, um, like the really long first sentence. Mm. Um, there was one where there were uh, parentheses through the whole yes. thing, and parentheses, parentheses within parentheses. Yes. Within, within? Within, like within, like yeah. Four layers of parentheses. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you got lost a little bit. You did, mm. and you had to kind of look back and think, "What? what where did this parentheses start? Yeah. And what yeah. was she talking about?" Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was one where, throughout the story, they were the paragraphs were numbered. Mm. That was um, this: the four immeasurables and twenty new immeasurables. Which what does that title even mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah. Yeah. It was hard going. Um, there's some beautiful sentences in this book and there's some beautiful prose throughout the book but I kind of felt like a lot of it went over my head and I don't know that I'm smart enough for this book. I wrote down in here maybe I'm not smart enough to understand this book. <laughs> I think I was looking for too much um, too much meaning and trying to find the meaning or the the hidden meaning maybe. Yeah I, I can't uh, decide if is it we're not smart enough or we're just looking for something that's not there. Uh, Let's go with the second. Sure. Yeah. Makes us sound better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Yeah, I just, I went in with an expectation of this book and perhaps that was part of my issue. I was really excited to read this book. This is, from the outside, this is exactly the kind of thing I like reading. Um, but it was just so inconsistent, I think. There was some really great standout short stories, but then... There were some that I was just like, what on earth was that even about? Yeah, and I felt like it was about two-thirds of the way through where I started off really strong mm. um, and thinking, yeah, I really like this. But then it, the, the stories kept ending with no resolution mm. and story after story that mm -hmm. kept ending with no resolution and yep. about two-thirds of the way I was like, I don't want to read this anymore. Yeah, I was done with it for about a week. I was just like, I'm just not going to keep going but I feel like yeah. you know she she created characters that I was invested in mm. and then just left us hanging yeah um and there's only so much of that you can take I think sometimes that's okay I don't mind that in um in short stories because that's you know you can't always resolve anything in 10 pages but yeah there was just yeah. lacked some sort of finality yeah time after time it just yeah. got a bit irritating yeah to yeah. be left yeah. over and over yeah because I feel like um some of the writing was just brilliant mm. um some of it was really poignant yes some of it I could really relate to yeah um she created characters that I found I I, I understood sometimes I really didn't understand them mm. I thought they were mm. just bizarre but sometimes I felt like I could really relate to them um but and then sometimes it Felt quite pretentious. Yes. As well. Well, the asterisks and the parentheses and the numbering, yeah. that all seemed very pretentious and, okay, yeah. you're just trying to be a bit too clever. Yeah, I agree. Mm. It was, yeah, I think I liked five of the 12 short stories. Tell me which ones you liked. Uh, I liked Certain American States, uh, Your Heck Box. Lee. Okay, I feel like yeah, I want to talk on. about Your Heck Box. Okay, okay. <laughs> because... <laughs> Of all the stories that I read in this mm. book, your heck box is the one that stands out to me the most as mm -hmm. the one that I got the most um, involved with and yeah. the one that left me hanging the most and yeah. made me the most annoyed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
because it's about this woman who there, there it's a few things going mm, on this but jewel storylines yeah. yeah that's right but particularly what um, sticks with me is that she was walking through this park and this man who I think was mute mm-hmm. um, she, he obviously had some disabilities and he was communicating with her via typing things into his phone mm-hmm. and showing them to her and he couldn't really spell and he was yeah. saying something about something that fell and or she'd lost she'd, or, yeah, yeah something and he typed your you are mm-hmm. Heckbox, which yeah. is the title of the story. Yes. So you have to figure that that mm. means something. Yeah. And I was really invested in finding out what that meant. Yeah. What, what is, is he is trying it? to tell yeah. her? What's a Heckbox? Because he's quite insistent. She keeps encountering this character. Maurice, was it? Maurice, that's right. Um, encounters the character consistently throughout the, the short story. Um, and then it just ends. And, and you, you never find, find out. Nothing. That's right. And... You know, that's the kind of example, I guess. Like, um, is there a deeper meaning to that? Am I trying to find deeper meaning? Maybe is just you know taking the story at face value. Like, mm, well, he can't Things spell happen it in a heck box is whatever, and that's the end of the story. Yeah, maybe that's maybe it's supposed to be like more like life is like that. Random things happen and they don't have any meaning. Yeah. But I don't think that's what you want out of it. No. Well, certainly it's not no. what I want out of a short story. I want no. it to. I want it to. I don't know. Yeah, I found that frustrating. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked leaving, and I liked family physics as well. Yeah, family physics. Yeah, was a good one. Although also bizarre. Yeah, yeah. And, but I, some stories were bizarre slash absurd, I guess, mm. um, and you could suspend your belief and run with it Mm. but then others were completely bizarre that you didn't even have any sort of plot to grasp or you're just swimming around in these prose that didn't mean anything that's right there were there was more than once where I finished a story and thought what did I just read yeah what was that yeah if they were if the whole book was made written with the stories that stood out it would be a wonderful novel but there was more than half of the book that just didn't do it for me. And it's not a long book. No, I thought I'd whip through this in two days. Yeah. It took us a whole month. It did. <laughs> <laughs> um, but there were highlights, as we said, and, and, mm-hmm. and the writing is, some of the writing is, I feel like the plot suffers, but the writing is the it's beautiful. Is, is the beautiful yeah. and, and it's poignant sometimes and sometimes mm-hmm. really quite funny yeah. um, I just thought I'd read this bit from small differences which is about a woman who um, is um, apartment sitting and cat sitting for mm-hmm. somebody she knows and um, a fire alarm goes off and so she's got to get out of this apartment with this cat so um, it goes I gathered all my work materials and laptop before even remembering echo that's the cat by the way before even remembering Echo, and I tried to find something to carry her in, but I couldn't find anything, and I tried to pick her up, but she was darting around the apartment, rightly disturbed by the voice and deafening pitch that, and as I chased Echo, I could picture the cheerleaders lifting the 
what would Jesus do signs in perfect synchronicity? And only then did I realize that an unfair question that what an unfair question that was, because Jesus had, if the Bible is to be believed, supernatural powers and his options, walking on water, ripping apart dead fish to make more dead fish, are not the options the rest of us have. All I could do was stuff Echo into a, re- a reusable shopping bag and take my print off the wall, which is also not what Jesus would have done, but it is what I did because I am not the son of God. I am just a person doing what I can so just like (laughs) I feel like that's yeah um a glimpse at some of the funny yeah she can be quite funny glimpses of of, um humor yeah definitely um that was you know it wasn't all bad no it wasn't all bad um I did look at some reviews on good reading um about this book as well because it did come out at the end of last year I think it was um People seem to either give it one star out of five or five stars out of five. There's no not, middle of the road. There's not a lot of middle middling with the scoring. Um, people who love her writing really love her writing and are lauding her as, you know, a new generation of the American poet or the American voice or um, all of this sort of thing. Um, and then other people are kind of like, oh, that was – not good at all and it was pretentious and I hated it there's no in between with this writing um I feel like I'm both of those things yeah I yeah I don't think it was a strong complete collection of short stories I really wanted to like it and I Mm. did like parts of it but yeah Yeah. it's just the constant abandonment of of this resolution yeah yeah Mm. who should read this book yeah, I wrote that here. To whom would you recommend this book? Uh, I guess people who are into literary fiction mm-hmm. and don't want, don't <laughs> have a, I don't know, don't care that much about, um, yeah, a plot that ties together in the end. Yeah. I don't know who should read this book either. Yeah. I, I agree. People who enjoy literary fiction, um, people who, who enjoy that sort of, morose American type writing. Which was you. Which is me. But um, but gosh, I don't, I don't know. What did you give it out of five? Two? Yeah, that's what I gave it to. <laughs> Seems harsh, doesn't it? It does. It, I, yeah. it is what it is, I guess. Yep. Anyway, sorry. I wanted to like it. That sorry, sorry um, <laughs> Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so before we get into what's coming out next. Yes. Let's talk about what you read this month. Yes. Well, I've only read one other book this month. I'm in. I'm halfway through two other books that I was really um, looking forward to talking about, but I'm not finished them yet. They're two books that are really popular, so I'm looking forward to talking about Save them. Save that for next month. Yeah, when I've finished them. But mm-hmm. um, the one book I did read is called The Real Lolita, The Kidnapping of Sally Horner and the Novel That Scandalized the World. Have you heard of no. this one? So obviously um, it references Lolita by Vladimir Nabokov, the, the infamous um, classic um, fiction um, novel. Um, and it's really, it's I, I wrote, it's true crime intersects with classic literature. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I keep saying, I love true crime. Um, and it was really interesting to, this is a very well-researched um, novel. She looks into all sorts of um, notes that um, Nabokov kept while he was writing um, all his different um, 
um, novels. Um, and really interesting how he started off with the idea for Lolita um, long before this real-life kidnapping of this um, young girl called Sally Horner. Um, but that that this um, this happening influenced um, Lolita, and he even references um, Sally Horner in Lolita. Um, um, but he was adamant that that the the story of Sally Horner was not what he was writing about, and um, his notes do seem to reflect that he did have this um, idea from much before. But it's a really um, heartbreaking tale of this actual girl who um, was abducted um, and what eventually ends up happening to her. So it's handled really well um, because it's a delicate um, and controversial subject matter, and um, the author does a really good job of, of handling it with delicacy and respect. So um, if you're into classic literature and you like true crime like I do, um, this is a very, it's just a fascinating read. Is it a recent release? Yes, it is. I think it was last year. Okay. Um, yeah, so yeah, it is a recent. Is it heavy going? Um, it, it, the subject matter is mm. heavy going. Obviously, it's an eleven-year-old girl who is um, kidnapped and then taken across um, the the country, um, mm. the United States, um, much like in Lolita. So yeah, it is. Um, they don't go into explicit mm. detail, um, so that makes it bearable. bearable. Yeah. Um, but it is what happens to her in the end is really tragic. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's sounds it, interesting. It's sort of like this juxtaposition, this these two um, storylines going along of Nabokov working on his novel mm. and then her life and how they kind of intersect. Mm. Mm, really fascinating. Is that in the collection? It is. Excellent. So yep. Um, Get online. Yep. Reserve a copy if you like. Yeah. Yep. Um, I only got through one book. I've also got a couple on the go as well that mm. I haven't finished. Um, this one is a uh, very, I don't even think it's out yet. I think it comes out tomorrow, 25th of June. No, last month. Right. came out last month. Yes. Um, it's called The Sunday Story Club. So this is also nonfiction. Um, ah. This is by Doris Brett and Kerry Q. Um, I thought I'd just read this little blurb on the inside here just to give you a bit of a taste of what it is. Sounds good. When we started our salons, our aim was to create a space in which meaningful and authentic conversation could flourish. It would be an antidote to the rushed conversations or brief electronic communications with which our era is filled. The salons have become more wildly joyful, moving, uplifting and just plain wonderful than even we could imagine. The stories have emerged from the stories that have emerged from them have enriched us all. And we want to dedicate this book to all the women who have so generously shared stories in the salons over the years, and to all future salon participants, wherever they may be. Ah, oh, so it's a book about yes. women who run a salon. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is salon, um, these two women, so um, Doris Brett and Kerry Q, who come from very um, different backgrounds. Doris is a psychologist, author, poet, and psychotherapist. Kerry is a humorist, journalist, author, and mathematician. So that's wow. their backgrounds. So they came together and set up a salon, so a Sunday club, I guess you could say, where women get together, they pose a question, a different question each month, and then they just 
chat about it or people, women tell their stories about in response to the question. Okay, so it's not got anything to do with actually getting your hair done? No, nothing. (laughs) Nothing to do that. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And so each month they're posed a question. And so um, this book is a collection of some of those stories in response to some of those questions. Um, So there's 14 real life stories in this book from women who are mostly over the age of 50-ish, I guess. Um, And some of the questions are things like, um, what was the hardest thing you have ever had to learn? Mm -hmm. Have you at any time had a lack of faith in your true self? Do you feel known by the person or people closest to you? Or are there parts of yourself that are unknown or held back? Mm. So some of the questions are really innocuous kind of basic questions but there are some really deep tough questions that Mm. are posed to the group the opportunity Um, for people to really be vulnerable and yeah so mm. the idea is that you know women just share their stories uninterrupted and have conversations about it it's really i really enjoyed this it's funny it's sad it's tragic it's really moving some of the things that um the women talk about are just you know, overcoming such heartbreak and sadness or some of them are quite short, funny stories. Um, so it's not all despair and gloom. Right. Um, it was really quick and easy to read. Um, I guess the overall vibe you get from the book is that um, women have so much resilience and strength within them, within them and all of these stories demonstrate that. Right. Um it's, is it Australian? No. Uh, American? I think it's, well, I thought that it was American, but it seems to be that a lot of the stories are from all over the place. Oh, that's good. So I think there's a few of these Sunday story clubs or the Sunday saloons or salons um, around the world. Oh, okay. And there's a really extensive um, chapter at the end of the book about starting your own Sunday story club. Oh, shall we do it, Jane? <laughs> sounds good. This sounds fun. <laughs> um, and there's a whole section of example questions at the back as well to get people started. So that sounds really inspiring. It is. It is an inspiring book. It was really, I really enjoyed it, and yeah, it was it nice. Like nice reading um, stories from the perspective of an older, wiser woman mm. or women as well. I really enjoyed that. I guess I tend to read books. Um, with characters that are around my age, give or take 10 years for some reason. Yep. Um, and there's not a lot of books that are focused on this age group as well. And it was really, it was lovely. Excellent. So yeah, I've got, I got like given a, a um, proof copy mm. of that one so you can borrow it if you like. Yeah, I will. Good. Thank you. So that was my book. Right. Now, shall we talk about what books are coming out for July? Sure. Um there is so much coming out ne- next month, so it was actually really hard to choose mm. um, what to talk about. So I've got a few bits and pieces here. Um, this one's from Hardy Grant Publishing. It's called Waste Not Every Day. And I chose this because it is plastic-free July yes. this month. Um, now, she has written – Erin Rhodes um, wrote this book. She wrote – her first book was just called Waste Not. You might – it was everywhere. It's that the front cover is uh, like a jam preserve jar outline on the front cover. Oh, okay, yeah, you can right. See it here. Mm. Um, so she's got another book coming out on the first of July, Waste Not Every Day, which I assume has got 
even more tips and tricks to reduce your waste, I guess. Yep, something um, everyone should be yeah, concerned of course. with. Yep. So that's um, Hardy Grant. Hardy Grant do the most beautiful, magnificent books. So their books are always really beautifully published and really high quality. So um, keep your eye out for that one. Nice. Um, let's have a look here. There's this one called, this is Ellen and Unwin. So as usual, I don't know the date other yep. than just the month. Um, it's called Australia's Original Languages. Um, it's an introduction to the languages of Aboriginal Australia. It provides a straightforward guide to their sound structure, word building and wide-ranging vocabulary. And it also highlights distinctive um, grammatical features. There's not a lot of books out no. that are about um, the Aboriginal languages. Um, so that's really an exciting book to keep your eye out for. Um, it seems to me lots of people are trying to... Um, use uh, Aboriginal language a little bit more around the place. Um, so That's encouraging yeah, to hear. That's yep. really exciting, that mm. one that's coming out. Another one from Alan and Unwood is called My Name is Monster by Katie Hale. This sounded really exciting. I'll read it to you. Mm. After the sickness has killed off her parents and the bombs have fallen on the remaining safe cities, Monster emerges from the Arctic vault which has kept her alive. When she washes up on the coast of Scotland, she believes she is alone until one day she finds a feral girl ready to be taught all that Monster knows. A novel about power, about the imprint society leaves on us when rules no longer apply and about the strength and danger of a mother's love. Wow, that sounds really different, like yeah. dystopian. Yes. Interesting that the monster is female. Yes. Um, doesn't that sound good? Yeah. So that's coming out. That's My Name is Monster by Katie Hale. That's Alan and Unwin. So that'll be sometime in July. Mm. Um, what else have we got? Peter Goldsworthy has got a book coming out um, in July as well. That's from Penguin. Um, it's called Minotaur. So I know that he's really a popular author. So keep your eye out for that. Okay. Um, Kate Forsyth has got another book coming out. The author of Clockmaker's Daughter, or right? Watcher's Daughter, Clockmaker's, Clockmaker's Daughter, Daughter. I daughter. Think. Um, that's July sixteenth. This is another um, historical fiction piece. Um, everybody loved that book. Yeah, so that I was hugely popular. Yeah, mm. um, this is called The Blue Rose. Um, it's a beautiful cover too. It is. It's gorgeous. Yeah. she always has lovely covers. Mm. Um, so I think that's going to be hugely popular. So keep your eye out for that one. Right. I mean, people are still talking about. Um, the Clockmaker's Clock daughter. daughter. I haven't read that, have you? I own it and oh, yeah. I haven't read it yet. I know, it's, it's on the to-be-read pile. Yeah, it's yeah. a massive book. Yeah, it is, yep. So that's exciting that that's coming out. And last, well, two more. Um, Andy Griffiths, oh. another book coming out. What number are we at? The 117-story wow. treehouse. Wow. So that's coming out on the 23rd of July. That will be huge. Yeah, we like, don't even need to spruik that one. That's no, always hugely like popular. All of his books are. Yep. Um, a great one for kids. Really wonderful writer. Um, and last but not least, The Art of Growing Up is a new nonfiction book by John Marsden. Yes, and we have some exciting news we, about that. We do. You we go for it, Jane, because <laughs> it's all you. <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> we have got um, – we are so lucky to have John Marsden coming to – 
Marion Libraries on the 21st of August at 7pm. So, so he will be here for a an in-conversation evening with Sonia Felder from ABC Radio. Um, his book comes out on the 30th of July. So that's a non-fiction book. Um, and I'll just read the little blurby thing here. Mm. Um, a manifesto on all aspects of growing up, from parenting and education to the role of literature and imagination by one of Australia's most passionate and experienced educators and best-selling, best-selling authors. So that's a Pan Mac book as well. That's going to be huge. Yeah, so and John Marsden, of course, is the author of Tomorrow When the War yes, Began, among other... Among other really well-known yep. known books. Um, anyone who's around my age will remember reading the Tomorrow series. It's, a, it's almost like a rite of passage for those of us who grew up in the late 80s and 90s to right. read all of those books. Um, so I'm super-duper excited to have him next month. Yep, that's um, huge. Yeah, so the second you keep, uh, the second you see um, the bookings open... Yeah, make sure you um, follow us on Facebook because um, we'll be putting prompts up to let you know when the bookings yeah. are open for that. And yeah, definitely get in and book yourself in or give us a ring because yeah, that'll th- that's really going to... Yep, yeah, that's right. It's going to be fast. Um, so yeah, so that's wonderful news. We're very lucky and we can't wait to host him here at Marion. That'll be great. Yeah. Sonia Feldhoff, is she a journalist? I don't know what her background is I think she's a journalist but she's certainly on ABC radio now and she's um yeah she's great she'll be fantastic with yeah him. yeah that'll, that'll be, be good really interesting now shall we announce our book for August yes let's yes do you want to do that Jane <coughs> sure it is happiness for humans by PZ Ryzen hmm which is very exciting. We've had this on our list for ages to read, haven't we? Have we? Yes. This is the one that um, one of our fellow staff members chose as her favourite book of the year last year. No, I don't remember that. Yes. She said this is her most favourite book of 2018. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Ooh, <laughs> exciting. Shall I read the blurb? Yes, do. Jen is sad. Aiden wants her to be happy. Simple, except that Jen is a 30-something woman whose boyfriend has just left her and Aiden is a very complicated, very expensive piece of software. Aiden knows Jen inside out. With access to all her devices, he knows her most played song, can find her favourite photos and single out the Insta quotes that most inspire her. Based on observations and unique algorithms, he has calculated that Jen should find a new man to achieve optimum well-being. And with the whole internet at his disposal... He doesn't have to look far to find a perfect specimen and engineer a meeting. Except Jen seems to be remarkably unwilling to fall into line with Aiden's flawless plan. Can a very artificially intelligent machine discover emotional intelligence in time to find Jen's, in time to fix Jen's life and find out what exactly makes human beings happy? Mm, I just noticed it's a green dot. What's green? Romance. Romance, which is the last time we had a romance book. It Well, actually, you liked it and I didn't. Which one was that? That was um, Sally Rooney's oh, Normal yes. People. That's right. And I said I don't normally read green dots, which well, you I know, are again. I know, I'm doing it again. <laughs> Although that sounds really good. I'm looking forward to that. It's an unusual premise, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like it. It kind of reminded me of in Big Bang Theory when... Um, What's that one character's name? He falls in love with Siri. Oh, <laughs> I don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Just anyway, sort of. 
this is a big book. It so is big. We better get onto that. Yes, immediately. Yeah, so unless maybe it's amazing and we'll just whip through it. Let's unlike hope. the last couple of books that I we've know. <laughs> we've had trouble. We have the last actually three months getting through our books. I know it's not We're like busy us. ladies. Yeah, we are. So but this think, is exciting. Yeah. So we'll let you know how that goes. So if you would like to um, join us next time, get online and reserve it. There's definitely copies in the collection already of this. Um, and subscribe to our podcast and join the Facebook group. Yes. Literary Anything is a Facebook group. Um, it's closed, so send me a request and I will approve it and um, we can continue the, dis- the discussion on there. We'd love to hear what people thought of certain American states. Please tell us what you thought of certain American states, especially if you understood it better than we yeah. did. Or and if you know what a heck box is. If you, if that would be great. I should. I'm going to put that on the group. Good idea. Say, do you know? What are your theories about what the heck box is? Yes, let us know. Yeah, tell us, because we don't know. (laughs) I'll see you next time.